Hey, you fellas, welcome to the Second Monday Podcast with Gordon, Joe, and Elliot as we continue the men's ministry of West End Presbyterian Church, pointing men to Jesus, and teaching and applying the truth of the gospel to our lives. Joe Brown, how you doing, man? I am okay. Just goofing off. Elliot, grab it. Fellas? Hey, man. I'm uh I'm hurting today. Oh yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little tired. I I got home and 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 got on the couch and watched a little TV and fell asleep on the couch and went to bed about twelve twenty and didn't sleep great and then woke up woke up this morning at five thirty to go CrossFit and Oof. I'm a little tired. You still went though. That's uh still went you still went to uh, CrossFit. That's impressive. Cool. Uh, I'm. I'm currently tr- trying to manage uh, a guy coming to aerate our lawn, oh. and so I'm just like texting like crazy over here, trying to manage both him and neighbor. And yeah, my teenagers are going to be writing a check that uh, their bodies can't cash. That their bodies can't cash. <laughs> I'm hoping that those uh, lessons on check writing pay off. We'll find out. <laughs> you always add one more zero than you need, right? you got the decimal point wrong (laughs) one million what yeah hey dad Uh, how do you spell million no 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 no. (laughs) oh man aerating the lawn i i gave up trying to have a green thumb (laughs) with my lawns i I, and competing i just i'm not a green thumb and not a yard person I do what's necessary, like cut the lawn, make sure there's not weeds, yeah, make it look clean, keep the you know hedges trimmed and all that kind of stuff. But I gave up. I, my yard, like we had a mole or a, a vole or something, uh-huh. it was just destroying our lawn, and I could not find a way to get rid of this thing. It drove me bananas, and so finally I was like, enough, I'm done. Like this, <laughs> yeah. There's an easy way to get rid of voles. Yeah. Get a cat. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, we don't have any rodent problems, I'll uh, tell you what. Yeah. The only problem we have is just cleaning up the dead carcasses that they bring to my door. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. You know, you could, also, you could call us Bill Murray. He'd be able to help you with that. <laughs> Bill Murray. True. That's right. He could. He could. Hey, so today's a big day. Today's the last day of the podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Season one, the end of season one, well, last episode of season one. Season Will there one be a cliffhanger? Will there be like a cliffhanger? Yep, that's it. I'm going to turn it <laughs> off now. <laughs> I mean, you know, in in many ways, the book of James is kind of like a cliffhanger. It, it doesn't. There's no like big, bold conclusion. Mm-hmm. It sort of ends. I mean, I there's a conclusion. Elliot disagrees. There's a little bit of a conclusion, but... Yeah. It is kind of funny yeah. how it ends. It ends mm-hmm. yep. in an interesting it's, it's, place. It is. Well, let's, let's do this thing, because there's a lot in this bad boy. Uh-huh. There is. It is packed up. All right, up. Joe Brown, you're up to read, my friend. Is it my turn to read? Your turn. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. James 5, 13 to 20. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. Thus ends the reading of James. That's it. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening. It has been <laughs> – yeah, talk about a, a – I feel like, as usual, James just, like, shoves so much into a few sentences. 
Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you really have to unpack this. So, yeah, we, we said, I think, at the very beginning that uh, James, in many ways, is like the Sermon on the Mount, you know, and, and a lot of James is like wisdom. He's probably thinking back on what Jesus did and uh, what Jesus taught. And so when I read this section, I immediately think of the Lord's Prayer, like Jesus teaching people how to, mm -hmm. how to pray. And he's saying here, let's pray. Like, let's give some specifics on what you should do, how to pray for one another, mm -hmm. how to, when you should pray. And yeah, it's great. It is good. And I, I mean, when I read it this morning, I was like, yeah, I, I don't pray enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't pray enough. Agreed. You do not pray enough, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hey, let's ask uh, this opening question. Have you ever prayed for the sick? What happened? Did you see a healing and walk away encouraged? Or did you see no discernible change and walk away skeptical and sad? What do you guys think? I mean, I've, I've, I've prayed for people who I know have been sick and they have gotten better, but I don't necessarily attribute that to, like, uh, my prayer. Like, mm -hmm. I prayed for healing and over a period of time that person got better and was released from the hospital. Um, right. I've also, I mean, there was a time in my life where I was probably much more, quote-unquote, charismatic and prayed for things and expected them to happen and they didn't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where James, God, the Bible tells us to pray, 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 pray. We should pray about these things. And this specific text is about we should pray in all circumstances, and yet all of us, the three of us and anyone who potentially, and the two people listening, like we all have situations that we um, remember praying for something and completely ignoring, forgetting that we prayed for that. It's as if it doesn't really matter, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, I know that's the case for me. I think I'm going to pray for you, but then I walk away naughty. I'm not, even while I'm praying, I'm asking God to help, but it's more of like a hope and a wish. It's not really a prayer of power. It's not really an expectation of God to do anything, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. Um, yeah, I've definitely prayed for things, and it's been more like, I wish God would do this, or I hope God does this. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. We'll see kind of, you know, yeah. um, it's very wishy-washy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think to answer the question a little bit, like I, I've definitely prayed for people. I don't know that I've prayed for someone to get healed and they didn't get healed and maybe passed away or, or just never, you know, became healthy. I don't know that I've ever been mad or upset with God about that. Okay. And I don't, I don't think I can remember. I mean, I'm just, I'm, maybe there has been, a, but I can't think of any time where I'm like, oh man, I feel like, let down by the Lord or, or, or he didn't hear me or doesn't care about me or care about the person I'm particularly praying for. So I don't know that I have that experience, mm -hmm. but yeah. 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 I mean the, what, and during that time in my life where I was probably a little more charismatic, you know, the, the, the saying all the time was oh, the power of prayer, the power of prayer, the power of prayer. And I, you know, I think now when I think about praying for folks, I, I think less of my prayers as being powerful and more of just opportunities that when I think about prayer, I just think about them as opportunities to talk with God, yeah. right? To yeah. talk with the Lord and that any power or anything that comes out of that prayer comes from him. It doesn't come from like the prayer itself or my passion or the words that I use, you know, in the midst of that, like the only power in prayer is because it comes from God. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're saying, I think you're saying this Gordon, but you know, I, we need, we, we should be clear that when we pray, we are asking the Holy God. And this is what you're saying, what you just said at the end, like we're asking the Holy God to change something mm -hmm. like, do something miraculous. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, you know, I, w- I would want to protect against sort of the more of the new agey thought of, you know, the, we pray for people, but that's really just for us. It's like for the God to help us right. be accustomed to what's happening in life and right. all that stuff. Yeah. But like, when we pray, and that's sort of his point with Elijah, like Elijah was a righteous person, just like us, made righteous by Christ. And he prayed and God answered the prayers. So like when we pray, God answers prayers. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I think I get angry almost every time someone who is sick dies. Like I'm, I'm, there's a level of like, hey, I, I can agree. We had in our church just this week, two members die. Two members of our church just died. And I was, I heard about one of them yesterday and I was really sad. I, mm-hmm. I remember talking to her two Sundays ago at church and I was just um, encouraged to be with her. And then she was dead within days and wow. angry about that Yeah, because death is the enemy. Now mm-hmm. I know she's in a better place. I'm fully aware of that. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I'm, maybe I'm going a little off topic, but you know, I, when I pray for people and they die. I'm. I have a good theology to understand why all that happens, but still, still makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we, we'll talk about. We'll talk more about that. So in these, at least, especially in the first, you know, paragraph of this section, thirteen to eighteen, what are the various circumstances mentioned in these verses, and then what are we supposed to do in each of these circumstances? Yeah. Um, suffering being cheerful, um, mm-hmm. certainly people being sick, like we've already said. Yeah. Yeah. And we can all relate to that, I think. Plenty of opportunity right now <laughs> in terms of suffering. Um, not not so much cheer these days. <laughs> um, and certainly lots of people sick. Mm-hmm. So when you're suffering, you're, you should pray. When you have something good happen, you should praise which is another term of prayer. And when you're sick, you should pray and call other people to pray with you and call elders to pray with you. Um, so we should pray all the time. Like we should be praying for bad. We should be praying for good. Um, so why don't we do that? Well, I was going to ask you, um, when people are sick, how often do you guys as a group of elders pray for them? Like how often do people request that or ask for that? Or does that come from you guys? Like, hey, we'd like to come do that. How does that work? Yeah, I. oftentimes it'll come from a, hey, we would love to get the elders together to pray with you and for you. And uh, most of the time people are like, sure, that's great. Uh, But sometimes folks, knowing James, knowing what James 5 says, they're like, hey, can we get together and can the elders pray for us? Uh, and you know, we at at our church, like at the end of the service, folks can come up and pray with an elder. Sure. Um, and every week, there's someone that does that. At least pre-COVID, every week there's someone that does that. Um, I mean, I'd say we pray for we pray for people and uh, anoint them with oil um, regularly, often. Mm. I, I can't come up with a number because mm. yeah. yeah. All my life is messed up right now because of COVID. I don't. I don't know what a lot is anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we use oil. We anoint. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, all the pastors have a jar of oil in their office. Uh, and I don't know where mine is right now, but it's somewhere in here. Um, yeah. So we anoint people with physical oil. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I like this quote from Doriani, through prayer, we hallow every pleasure and we sanctify every pain. Like we, uh, every good thing, every pleasure, every cheerful, everything that brings us cheer, we hallow, we we make holy. We say, yeah. oh, this thing made me, you know, when something good happens in business, in my business, or when something good happens at my house, or, you know, we just got a puppy dog it, to make that holy, cheerful thing, we should go to God and say, thank you, Lord, praise you, Lord, for bringing this cheerful, pleasurable thing to me. 
mm-hmm. and we're making it holy. Yeah. And then sanctify, sanctifying the same, is same term, sanctifying every pain, everything that brings us pain, make that holy as well and say, bring this to them and Jesus, heal me from this, help mm-hmm. me from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example for that is we just got a puppy dog. So uh, I'm just kidding about that. You know, it brings <laughs> us pleasure and it brings us pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys listeners decide which one? Exactly. Do you guys have like scheduled opportunities throughout the day or during the day or like what is your routine with prayer? Mm. That's a great, that's a great, great question. I have a, you're asking me personally and you're asking Elliot personally. For me, I have a certain rotating list of things that I pray for every day. So I prayed, I can even pull it up. I do it every morning. This is my normal prayer routine. Every morning I pray. Um, I got to pull up my software, my prayer software, if you will. <laughs> um, so I rotate every six days through my four kids, my wife, and uh, just different folks who I'm specifically working with right at that time in my life. Mm. And I just rotate it. And so today I prayed for my daughter, Anna Rowe. This is just what I do. Okay. Pray for my daughter in a row. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I have another list of back burner prayers that I'm constantly looking through and, you know, lifting up to God. Um, and I actually, I don't do this very often, but I do have a, a you know, you guys know me well enough to know that I'm um, too organized to the point where it's just, <laughs> I don't know, where, it, where it's kind of a, a problem. But I even have a folder in my software that is answered prayers. Huh. So when someone, when I pray something, when I'm praying for this marriage and it actually heals, I move it to my answered prayers. I'm not, I'm not praying for it anymore. Yeah. Um, it actually is, it actually is a great exercise to like show, oh, prayer actually does something. Mm-hmm. It's not just, right. you know, not just what we do just to make us feel better. Um, yeah, I'm looking through my back burner folder right now and realizing, oh, there's some guys and ladies that I have not prayed for in a while and I need to work on that. That's awesome. I love it. How about you, Elliot? Yeah, I have a whole database, um, (laughs) thicker and better than Joe's and there's a back burner (laughs) prayers and a front burner. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, no, I think, um, you know, it's funny. We were, um, we had our team meeting on Tuesday which we, we have a team meeting for province Hill every Tuesday. And one of the guys on our team was um, saying like, Hey, I've been, I'm going to come, I'm committing to every morning when I get in the office that I'm going to pray for all my clients under contract, looking for houses, that kind of stuff before I ever turn my computer on before I do any work. Hmm. And I was like, man, he's like, that's a great, that's a great word. And you know, if I could do that and I do that, I definitely do that throughout the week for sure. But it's not, it's not, um, and rote's not the right word, right? Like I'm not, it's not rote, but it's, it, but it's not an exercise that I have. Like if I just did that one day a week where it was like every Wednesday, I'm going to get, before I turn my computer on, I'm going to pray through everybody I'm working with. Like that would just be, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I certainly do that throughout the week, but it's not, um, set in stone. And I think um, I like set and stone things. I kind of live on my calendar, so um, I probably could use some more set and stone things. But um, so I don't have the the formulaic answer like Joe does. But I definitely think I um, I definitely think I spend time in prayer, and um, I, I feel like um, that's a big part of just. Being with the Lord, right? Like a big part for me is being able to talk to him. And um, my buddy, Mike Persinowski, who you all know, um, really put on my heart a couple of years ago, like to Joe's point earlier of like, you know, prayer doesn't just change us. And like it, we are called to ask God boldly what we want. And so like, I just remember Mike being like, Lord, I want you to do this. And it was like mind boggling. And I was like, he is, he's like telling the Lord what he wants. And I'm like, I mean, 
we always know that, but he was like being very bold with it to say, Lord, would you do this? Would you change this person's heart or would you change this situation? And I thought I learned a lot through hmm. that, those conversations with Mike and through my relationship with him and, and praying with him from time to time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I roundabout way I answer that question. But I love that. No, I, I love the fact that boldness plays into your prayer life or that you want it to play. I, I know I can be bold with the Lord in prayer, but I'm, I, I think often I'm not because I just feel so, <laughs> you know, uh, it just feels like too much. Like, oh, I don't, yeah. don't want to cross the line with the God of the universe here. Like, but in fact, just... in, in Hebrews, it talks about com- coming before the throne of God with boldness. Yeah. I just was had lunch with someone uh, and the guy is looking for a job and he's applied at many different jobs. And he's, you know, said, Joe, can you pray for me? So I'm like, of course, I'll pray for you. And I said, what job do you want? And his response was like, just any job. And uh, thankfully, the Holy Spirit spoke to me <laughs> and was like, no, I don't i'm uh, yes you want any job but what job do you want mm-hmm. like which yeah. which which of these jobs do you, want? you want like yeah. i'll pray for the job that you want and we will pray for that for you to get the job that you want mm-hmm. god's guy can do whatever he wants to do god's mm-hmm. in control not us but mm-hmm. yeah like you're like both of you are saying yeah it's yeah. pray boldly no that's president great. of the united states he's looking for that job yeah exactly he just wants to be president of the united states <laughs> i mean it's no big deal um, you know what? I, I feel like, I, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but I, I feel like, um, it is much easier for me to pray when somebody in my life is suffering or I'm suffering. I like, I, I have a hard time praising the Lord, right? Like, I feel like that one lacks in my toolbox. And it was really interesting. The, the other day, Emily had said to me like, Hey, I, um, I just think we got, we didn't thank the Lord for X, Y, and Z for the girls and this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great. Like, I, I appreciate you saying that because like, I'm probably feeling it. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm not attributing it to the Lord. I'm attributing it to like hard work or us being disciplined parents or whatever. But like, it's really not about us. And mm-hmm. yeah. that's a whole nother sin, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, just being cheerful. I, I feel like I forget that that idea of like praising the Lord mm-hmm. for the things he's done. Right. Yeah. Amen. Uh, do either of you guys have a, so it says in verse 13, if you're suffering, let him pray. If you're cheerful, let him sing praise. Do you guys have an example of the recent past where either you or someone, you know, has suffered or gone through a hardship and, and you've seen answers of prayer maybe. Or similarly, on the other end, have you seen a circumstance for you or someone you know that gives you great joy? And, you know, you prayed for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend, uh, this was back, I don't know, this was pre-COVID, so maybe it was like end of last year. But he was just struggling at work, he was being accused of some things that were not true, and like there was this whole thing, it was was very, very hard, very, very stressful um, impacted him in a variety of different ways, not just in the work that he did, um, mm-hmm. but in relationships and other stuff and praying, praying for him. And, you know, after the whole process was done and, and over, like he was fine. They were like, Hey, you know, nothing to be concerned about here. Like we're not work Like it was over and done with. And so I felt like, you know, that was the Lord, the Lord acted and, and, the truth prevailed and like it was a good it was a good thing there's certainly been times where i've prayed for people where you know prayers don't get answered um you know I, we all have a friend who's very 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 sick and i pray for him regularly and um you know praying that things will change but i don't know uh you know just to be clear, all prayers are answered, mm-hmm. right? Every prayer, every prayer is answered when we pray for something. It's just we don't see the answer sometimes or we don't like the answer. Right. You know, like, uh, you know, like the worst kind is when we pray for someone to be healed and they end up dying, you know, 
did God answer that prayer? Well, yes, he's fully healed. He's more healed than he would have been if he got, if the cancer went away, like he's actually now 100% fully healed. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, just the fact is, as opposed to, I know Gordon, you were talking about your charismatic Pentecostal past. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as opposed, not all of them, but some of them have this weird thought where if you pray boldly, uh, you will be healed. And if you don't, if you're not healed, you don't have enough faith. Right. You know, you just didn't have enough faith. Yeah. Which is horrible, horrible, horrible. Like right. not just wrong, but also abusive, mm-hmm. you know? Because <laughs> uh, then if you're not healed, then you feel like, oh, I, not only am I not, not only am I still sick, but I'm a terrible Christian. Right. But we would say, we would say, no, God, God, God's in control. God can answer things. And, mm-hmm. um, He's always healing. He's always working. And all of us are going to die. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of, you know, any of our friends that just get cancer, get sicker and sicker and sicker and then just die. Mm-hmm. Um, that person, when they die, is healed. And um, praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. That stinks because yeah. death is the enemy. But right. Amen. The fact. Yeah. Um, all right. So do you, do you guys want to spend time talking about this anointing with oil thing? Why does James direct elders to anoint the sick with oil? Isn't that weird? I mean, it seems kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand the whole oil thing. I'm not like, it, it doesn't hold any power in and of its own. Um, right. I, I've never sort of understood the whole like anointing. I mean, I get like, there's a setting apart kind of thing that happens. Um, right. but like, I, I've never understood the purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the cool thing, I love etymology, the origin of words and, you know, anointing we think has a spiritual meaning, but it really, it, it means you put oil on somebody. That's what anointing is. Like if you have a, if, if I, you know, when you put oil in someone, they have been anointed. That's what it means. But, <laughs> you know, in this text, the oil is secondary. What's primary is prayer, right? What's primary is we pray for them. And we use, read that in verse 14, like, call the elders to let them pray over them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And then prayer of faith, you know, he, he's, saying over and over again, the prayer of a righteous person, it's prayer. Elijah is a praying man. Like all these things are all about prayer. So we should not be distracted by the weirdness of putting oil on somebody and think that's what it's all about. There's no, like you were saying, Gordon, there's no special power in it. Anointing with oil doesn't, you know, do that. Um, So, Biblical scholars that you guys are, what are the different things that people got anointed with, or not anointed with, but who are the different groups of people that got anointed in the Bible? Oh, um, so I'm thinking of, um, I think the Good Samaritan, like uh, the Good Samaritan, he anointed, didn't he? Right, Um, right. Yeah. Jesus was anointed. Jesus was anointed. Which is one of which is one one. of my favorite things, just because I just think it's pretty cool that in the Bible we see over and over again, holy people are anointed, kings are anointed, and dead people are anointed. Like that's just like, Mm -hmm. and and the dead people anointing is because bodies smelled and there was no, you know, (laughs) there's no refrigeration. Yeah. There was no cremation. It was just full body and they just smelled. So they put oil on it. And that's what, you know, when the women went to the tomb that to bring sp- oil and spices, it was just because they knew the body was going to be smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the whole anointing of Jesus is so cool because she anoints Jesus as a king. And like when she's, when she, the way she interacts with him is humbly and as a servant as a king, but also very clearly in Matthew, it talks about Jesus was anointed as a dead man. Hmm. I just think there's that double meaning in that right. uh, anointing of Jesus that yeah. he's king and he's a dead man. Right. It's pretty cool. Right. Anyway, I know that's going off. I just think it's pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, like biblically, the you know oil was used as medicine. Um, you see that over and over again. But there clearly in this text is a symbolic spiritual meaning, right? I mean, you see the um, the fact that as you're praying for someone, you are anointing them. You are saying that you are set apart, like you were just saying, Gordon. You are holy. You're set apart. But even more so, just as surely as this oil is poured out on you, so is the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's there's a baptismal view in that. Um, and, you know, the sealing of the Spirit on this person, the presence of Christ, the healing nature of it. And there's just, I mean, there's a reason why God gave us sacraments. You know, um, Augustine said, uh, excuse me, hold on. Anointing with oil is not a sacrament. I'm not saying it's a sacrament. <laughs> right. But, you know, the fact that God gave us sacraments of the baptism, the Holy Lord's Supper, is because he knows that we use all of our senses. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, yeah. Rare. You know, anointing someone with, someone with oil is a reminder to that person in all their senses that this prayer goes to God. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. this prayer's real. It's not just fake. You know, just as surely as my hair is now wet with olive oil, uh, it, God hears my prayer. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a physical reminder of that. Um, right. You know, with that said, we are smart enough to know that it's not a sacrament and therefore you don't have to do it. Um, anybody can pray for a sick person and that person uh, receives the prayer just as surely as if oil was placed on their head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a it's just a tangible way to remind them and remind the prayer that God's hearing it. You know? Yeah. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I I like the fact, and I hadn't really thought about the anointing of oil as sort of a full sense kind of way of praying in that, like. Not only are you speaking to God, you're anointing somebody. There's, uh, there's, you know, you are, <laughs> you're placing your hand on somebody else. I mean, th- there's really just a very kind of communal intimacy of bringing your both people before God and lifting up whatever the issue is, or the ask, or the want, yeah. or the desire, whatever it is that you're coming to God for or with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a very intimate thing. Um, yeah. 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 You're, you're in many ways, you're the prayer is like a doctor. Mm-hmm. The prayer, not, you know, is not a doctor, cannot medicinally help anyone, but you know, it's, it's sort of that relationship. And so you, the three of us know that when we go um, and if Google tells me what my symptoms mean, if I'm sick and I Google, what does it mean that my hair is turning orange and I'm coughing all the time? Well, Google will tell me. But if I go to a doctor and the doctor looks at me and the doctor says, actually, this is what you have, there's, like you were saying, Gordon, there's like a communal nature of that. And the doctor is like personally interacting with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with prayer. Like, yeah. I don't just, you know, we should pray for world peace. And that's important, maybe. But more, I should pray for Gordon. I should pray for Elliot. I should pray for the people in my life, you know, right. like personally. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I'm reminded too of just the fact that, you know, we are um, called a, a, a holy priesthood, right? I mean, we are through Jesus, and that that's part of our role is to bring other people before the Lord and to intercede for them and, and, and uh, you know— um, do those priestly duties. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm not exactly sure what else we can talk. I mean, we, there's a lot in here that's all about praying for the sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should pray for the sick. Um, I'll just say one guy that I know that has cancer and has been sick for a while, uh, he gave... I went over to his house last week and prayed for him. And I'm not saying any, my prayers did anything. Well, no, excuse me. I'm not saying it was just my prayers. 
but uh, he called me on Sunday and gave me a report that cancer had shrunk a little bit. I mean, not a lot, not a lot. Yeah. Praise God. It shrunk a little bit. And that's not just the medicine. That's prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So are the prayers of an elder more effective than the prayers of a non-elder? No. Because in this text, it talks about, you know, call elders to pray for you. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, obviously, I think to, 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 to Gordon's point, we, we are a royal priesthood, right? I mean, we are, you know, I've been clothed with Jesus' righteousness and, um, you know, I don't think that your prayer as a teaching elder at Western Pres is any more important or less important than my prayer as just a member of Western Press. Amen. Yeah, I think I might because I I was curious too when I when I read this and I was like, you know, why is it being so specific about elders? And I I mean, I think it's just in the context of how the church lives out as a whole, sort of its responsibilities that, you know, the church has designated people in the church and their leaders within, within the church. And, um, they should absolutely be called to pray for their, for the people in their church. And, um, I think that's just sort of a, another piece to the overall, how we should live, you know, as believers. And that's a role within the church and that's how they should act. That's a responsibility. So, yeah, and I think to piggyback on that and kind of uh, highlight what you're saying is I, they have been ordained to be our elders. The Lord has put them in our our uh, church and, and has ordained them to be elders. And you're right, Gordon. They, their job is to illuminate um, the gospel for us and to, can point us towards what's true. Are they fallible? Yeah, absolutely they are because they're human. But they're there to be examples and living examples for us of how we should live our lives. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great example for them to pray with and for people. And it's great for to see them at the end of Sunday, you know, praying with people at the front of the church, obviously, you know, once COVID goes away, that'll happen again. And, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's so true, but I don't think they have any more power than me or you, Gordon, or like that. And I think we're all agreeing on that. So, agreed. Yeah. So, what is what is a prayer of a righteous person? That's what verse sixteen says. What is the prayer of a righteous person? If that's true, uh, if what you guys said is true, and I and what I would say is true as well, um, it would be easy to say, well, an elder is a righteous person. There's like a class that you could say that person is a righteous person, so his prayers work. But if what we're saying is true, that no, we're all a priesthood of believers, then what does that mean? What does it mean to have a prayer of a righteous person? What is that? Well, if you're a believer, you've been made righteous, right? If you are a follower and believer of Jesus Christ, you have been made righteous. So every prayer is a righteous prayer, right? Um, When it comes before God. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I think someone who is, you know, who is fervently calling the Lord uh, on and uh, someone who is a believer is righteous and finds their hope and their joy in Jesus is, is someone who's righteous. So, that's my thought. Yeah. That's not a bad thought. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Prayers, prayers that are prayed in the name of Jesus. Um, yeah. Know, for why we end with amen, why we usually end most prayers with in the name of Jesus or, you know, whatever, you know, some type of thing that we might say. It's just a, a prayer of a righteous person. Is mm-hmm. it? Like you said, prayer of any believer who acknowledges that Jesus is the one that hears our prayers. I'm mm-hmm. not praying to some unknown entity. I'm not doing some superstitious thing. I'm praying to God, to mm-hmm. God, whose name is Jesus and say, Hey, help us. Yeah. Um, 
we're probably running out of time here. Um, the, the last section talks about uh, talks about Elijah as an example, you know, uh, not because he's a prophet, but because he's a man just like us, a man with a nature like ours. You know, he's God heard him because he's a righteous person, because he's a believer. Um, and then the very last two verses of James. Uh, how do you think these verses? relate to the previous verses that we were just talking about? And then maybe even more importantly, how can the church help point one another to the gospel? Is this sort of what he's talking about? How did the last two verses, so 19 and 20, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. How does that relate back to what we just talked about? Yeah, it seems as if, thank you for reading that again, Gordon, but it seems as if it's a whole section about prayer, 13 to 18 is all about prayer. Con- finishing with Elijah, then he prayed again, heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone from anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, you know, it it's almost as if he's changing subjects. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's this great reminder of um, there's nothing we can do without prayer, right? Like if there is a, bro- a brother who has wandered away from the faith, like it is great for me to go and be for him and tell him the truth and all those things. But like I have to pray about that. I have to pray for him. I'd pray with him. I, I-, I don't think I can really do anything like that because that's such a, a spiritual battle i can't do anything like that just relying on elliot gravitt's faith right or like just me personally my ability to convince him of the gospel or you know hey just knock him against the side of the head and say what are you doing dude right. but it, it really has to come down to the fact that i've i've prayed before i've gone in there to talk to him and i prayed with him and then i've got to allow the holy spirit to do what the holy spirit's going to do but I think it's so important that we've got to, because I think I'm a doer, so it's like, well, I'll just go do that. I'll just go fix that problem, and then we'll be moving on to the next thing. But that leaves no room for prayer. That leaves no room for God to intercede and do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and then ultimately, if I if I just rely on myself, then I, I'm not really looking to the Lord for any help in anything. And yeah. in the midst of that, not really glorifying him and, and thinking it's all about me and on my back and my whatever the gifts that the Lord has given me. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. It is such, it's very jarring to, to read that and then just jump into this, like these, these last two verses. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Elliot. I mean, it's prayer is, is a, is a part of interacting with, your brothers and sisters in the church and in the community of faith. And when people, um, you know, struggle, if they start to wander, prayer is an absolute must as a part of those conversations and, you know, whatever else is going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's not you or me who solves this problem. Right. When someone, like you're saying, when someone wanders, we can't bring them back. Right, right. Someone's sick, we can't heal them. Someone wanders from the faith, we can't bring them back. Uh, we can pray for them, like you guys are saying. Mm-hmm. And it's Jesus who does it. It's Jesus who does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super, I'm super, I don't want to jump into the next question, if that's where, you, the last question, if that's where you're going. going. Let's do it. I, so the gospel wisdom that I, from, for me today, that God's revealing to me, I believe through this text is, you know, and I, I think about this all the time. Like we have, we, we have the ability, the opportunity at any given point in our life to go before the God of the universe. Like that's yeah. always staggering to me. It's just mind blowing to me that I can, in the midst of anything, Go before the throne of God, the the the, yeah. the God who flung the stars into the universe, who created black holes, who created molecules, yeah. like all of that. That's so immense, and we have I have I have the ability to have a conversation with Him. 
No. And yet I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't do it enough. I've been given this amazing blessing, this amazing relationship that I that I don't interact enough on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel just really convicted. I need to be, I, I should be needing to, I need to be praying more often and, and to Elliot's point, more boldly, more boldly. Um, And what's funny about that, Gordon is not only do you have access to him, he he delights in that access. He he wants to know you. Like, I think that's the, one of the things that I forget about, or I don't believe like in my heart of hearts sometimes like that he actually cares what's going on in my life. Like, He's got lots of other bigger issues, bigger fish to fry than Elliot grabbing what's going on in his life with his kids and his wife. Like, you know, I just, I forget that he intimately wants to know me. He wants to know my wife. He wants to know my kids. You know, he wants to know you guys. And I just forget about that. And I forget about how transforming that actually is. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you reminding us that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I concur with both you guys. Like this whole book of James has been a delight for me to read through and study to think about what God, you know, how God uses all these different circumstances in my life, both horrible and good, uh, to point him to my need of him. And it ends with prayer, ends with like, we should be praising God and we should continue to be going to God. It's him that does all this work. I, mean, I think God clearly through this, and I, I concur with you guys, is just reminding me, mm. just stop trying to do things and just start praying more. <laughs> um, you know, I, so many times I just feel like I need to work, 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 work. And then I forget that I haven't been praying. And um, oftentimes when that happens, it's just because I'm, I'm spinning my wheels and I, I really need to be, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I need to be. Land it all before God. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, for James as a whole has been such a, a great blessing to go through. And, um, you know, if I think about it, it's, it's like the, if, if somebody wanted a how to book, you know, like James right. is a great book because he just lays it out. Like if you're a believer, this is how you, this is how you should live your life. Um, and it's, <laughs> and it's in, um, complete and, and total reliance upon him um, for all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome to go through the book with you guys. And um, so you, you want to talk about where Second Monday is going real quick um, and as far as October? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I do one thing before do we it. actually do that? Um, can we actually just... Because I, I know the three of us have enjoyed this. It's been a real blessing to us. But hopefully it's been a blessing to the two other listeners we have. Um, <laughs> yep. and, both of them. Um, both of them. Yeah, both of them. Um, and uh, maybe what we could do is just pray right now and praise the Lord for meeting us in this podcast and hopefully meeting the other men and maybe some women in our church that are actually listening to this and getting a real glimpse of uh, the gospel. And to your point, um, Gordon, a great book of five chapters or less on how to live <laughs> by God. So, yeah. uh, can I, can I just pray for us real quick? Just in the, uh, the, Please. the thought of time. That'd be awesome. Hey, father God, we are th- thankful for the opportunity we've had over the last three or four months, just to talk about what's true, um, to look and dive deeper into your word. Um, I, I know for a fact that it has been a rich and fruitful time for the three of us. Lord, I do pray that it's been a fruitful time for other men and women in our church who have listened to um, this podcast and, and hopefully uh, have, have gotten a greater sense of your love for us. And, um, and to Gordon's point, ways in which you're calling us to live and live out our faith and um, to look like Jesus to people in the community. So, Father, we're thankful, 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 thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this and for the gospel to be clear in our hearts and our minds today, more clear today than it was three months ago or four months ago. So we're thankful for that. Thanks for showing up, God. Thanks for doing things in our lives. We just pray for our brothers and sisters who have wandered away. Father, would you make us as believers bold 
uh, enough to go call them back to the faith, pray for them, pray with them, and point them towards what's true again. And we pray that our hearts would be changed once again by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. In your holy and precious name, amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, Gordon. Tell us what's next, buddy. Joe, you're on. Okay. Joe's on. All right. So uh, we are... We are finished the James St- podcast. Season one is over. That's right. And then uh, during the month of October, we're going to take a break because men's ministry second Monday is going live and in person, live and in studio, <laughs> uh, just outside of uh, just just outside of West End Prez on the side parking lot. The second, third, and fourth Monday in a row. Some meals, testimonies from three different men in the church who have seen God work in their lives during this pandemic quarantine time. Um, some of them have really gone through some really hard stuff. Uh, so I'm excited to hear what they have to say. And then we will return for season two of the second Monday podcast in November. We will once again study another book of the Bible, TBD. That is not another book. That is an <laughs> to be determined. Awesome. That's it. Okay. Well, fellas, it has been great doing this with you, and um, I'm looking forward to season two. Season one is in the bag. That's right. No cliffhanger. No big cliffhanger. No cliffhanger. <laughs> Well, the, maybe the cliffhanger is what book are we actually going to do? Right. What book is in November? Yeah. yeah. TBD. TBD. <laughs> All right, guys. Love it. You guys are awesome. All right, dude. See you later. Bye, boys. See ya. Be good. <laughs>